Voice of St. Louis original podcast. We've got a lot to get to in this edition of the St. Louis All Local, a developing story downtown, the governor's farewell address from Jeff City, and more. Today is Wednesday, January 24th. I'm Michael Calhoun. Our top story this hour. KMOX is covering breaking news. We may have some movement when it comes to the hostage situation at the downtown Drury Plaza Hotel. It's been ongoing for almost 12 hours now. KMOX's Maria Kina is live on the scene by the Arch with the very latest. Maria? Michael, for the first time in hours, we did see movement. We saw an ambulance move as well as a fire engine leave the scene. That was from 4th Street. Now, we have had unconfirmed reports that the suspect has been taken into custody. We also have reports that he was seen being put on a stretcher and then taken away in an ambulance. Again, these are unconfirmed reports, but judging from the scene and the amount of detectives that are leaving, it would appear that the situation has ended peacefully. But again, we're still waiting for a briefing from the St. Louis Police Department. We have not had one all day, so it is not known how this situation was resolved. We'll stay on the scene live downtown. Maria Kina. KMOX News. We have a KMOX update on the two Starbucks baristas hailed as heroes after an armed robber burst into their shop, demanded valuables from customers, and pistol-whipped people, and they fought back. Starbucks has now fired those two workers. Attorney Ryan Krupp represents one of them, Michael Harris. They absolutely were trying to do the right thing. My client did do the right thing, and he should not have been terminated for doing the right thing. This happened December 17th at the Starbucks in the Flying Saucer Building on South Grand. Harris was struck in the face by a robber, which led to the struggle. Now, the latest from Missouri's capital. Governor Parson delivered his final State of the State address today. He took the opportunity to tout his administration's economic accomplishments during his time in office. We've paid our bills. We've left the state of Missouri with 50% less debt than we started. We left $1.5 billion on the bottom line. We've created over 110,000 jobs. The governor also looked ahead to his final year in office, focusing on the growing fentanyl crisis. We are proposing legislation that guarantees stricter punishments for exposing children's and minors to fentanyl. The fentanyl crisis is here and it's tearing families and communities apart. Children dying from fentanyl is 100% preventable. Governor Parson also thanked the people of Missouri for taking a chance on him. A tax hike is set to appear in front of St. Louis County voters in order to build a new county government center. The county has until 2028 to find a new headquarters or get their current building up to code. County Executive Sam Page proposed a timeline to address the issue with the tax increase. This year we'll be seeking permission from the voters to um, enter into uh, uh, a bond and get the RFP out for design of that building, um, I would expect that that will go out sometime next year. Page said they will discuss the bond issue in the coming months. If the county cannot bring its building up to code by 2028, it could face fines of $1,000 a day. Sean Malone, KMOX News. Uh, this is a crisis because we know the implications for individual students and also for our community if students are not literate. That's Dr. Ian Buchanan, who is spearheading the city's NAACP's Right to Read program. The goal is to get kids reading skills up to grade level uh, by third grade with the goal of exceeding state goals by 2030. A former principal, Buchanan says the way we teach kids to read should change. It is an explicit, direct science and skill set 
that teachers must have. This doesn't happen by osmosis. About one in five minority students are reading proficiently by third grade. A domestic violence shelter for women and children has opened a new home for pets. Mary Ann Owens, CEO of the St. Louis Women's Safe House, says its new kennel can house up to eight animals at the same time. She was inspired to build it after seeing the impact of the shelter's no pet policy. Most shelters don't allow victims to bring their pets. One day I found out that one of the ladies was keeping a dog in her car and had been in there for two weeks. And I knew I had to do something and we had to change something. So I basically sent a random email to Purina because I wanted somebody to help me with this. And they said yes. Owen says based on statistics, 71% of pets living in the home of someone being abused are being abused as well. One woman is dead following a fire in Wood River, Illinois, early this morning. Chief Wade Stallhut says they got the call at 515. Caller passerby advised of a house fire. Uh, believed to be occupied with a vehicle in the driveway. After arriving, crews were unable to enter through the front of the home, and after entering through the rear, discovered the elderly woman deceased. Stalhut says they are still investigating the cause of death and the cause of the blaze. A worker at the Walmart in Fenton was robbed this morning at gunpoint, according to St. Louis County Police. It was about 9 a.m. The victim was reportedly at the customer service desk when they were robbed. County police say the suspect was gone by the time they arrived, and the department is investigating. As the news continues, you've no doubt heard the story of the Starbucks baristas and customers who fought back against a pair of armed robbers inside of the coffee shop at the Flying Saucer building on South Grand. This was on Sunday, December 17th, and they were hailed as heroes. But now KMOX is learning that the Starbucks company has fired those baristas, Devin James Ransom and Michael Harris. Attorney Ryan Krupp represents Harris and joins us now on KMOX. Uh, Ryan, what happened after those armed men walked into the store? Well, what happened after that is what you would expect when somebody, you know, goes into rob a store. I mean, two gunmen went into the Starbucks, you know, demanding cash and valuable items. And my client, Michael Harris, did what anybody would do in that situation and attempted to comply with the robber's demands so that nobody got hurt. Now, you know, you think about your training, your run, fight, hide type scenarios whenever you're in sort of a corporate setting. Uh, and you go to comply with the demand, so he goes to the cash register in order to comply with that demand, and it's having trouble opening up, and one of the robbers hits him on the head with his pistol, okay? A struggle ensues with another employee, and it's unclear exactly the timeline of when they find this out, but somewhere in there, uh, my client realizes it's a life-or-death situation. He's just been struck by the pistol, He's thinking his friend and coworker is potentially about to be killed. He's thinking he might be potentially killed. And he does what is the last resort option is you're at fight back. You're at the only thing you can do left is defend yourself and others. And so what they do is they go and disarm the robbers and come to find out through the disarming process that one of the guns is fake. So when they realized one of the guns was fake, that emboldened the employees to say, okay, we can, we can stop these guys until the police get here. So they got one of the guys down until the police got there. The other guy temporarily escaped, and, and now he's in custody. Both are in custody now. Both are caught. They're both facing many charges and awaiting it. You know, they're on no bond in St. Louis City Jail. Now, in the aftermath of it, of course, you see a number of headlines that say, heroic Starbucks employees stop robbers in their tracks. Those sort of headlines, right? Prominently displaying the Starbucks logo, cheering on, you know, Starbucks and their employees for doing that. Okay. A month later, come to find out, they call my client, Mr. Harris, and they fire him without any explanation as to the, the policy that he 
violate or what he should have done differently in that situation. It seems like the big question here is what should have been done differently, especially as you described this. Uh, it was a life or death decision in that moment. Well, no, they absolutely did not tell him what he should have done differently. They just said it could have gone differently, essentially, and fired him. Well, it could have gone differently, of course, because had those been real guns, after they struck him on the head, they could have killed him, and they could have killed his friend. Uh, but once, once you have been struck, and you are, you are now, after you're complying with them, and you get struck, and you're in the fight, your options are potentially get involved and try to stop it or, or you know, be the victim of the crime. They absolutely were trying to do the right thing. My client did do the right thing, and he should not have been terminated for doing the right thing. What do you uh, hope happens? What, what uh, kind of legal action are you taking, and, and what kind of conclusion would you like? We're exploring all options. Obviously, wrongful term- termination is is one of the things that we're looking at and a variety of factors. But frankly, we want justice. We want justice to be served and to be known that you have the ability to do the right thing and you should not be punished for it. Was there any communication uh, leading up to this about, uh, you know, crime in the area, concerns about safety in that neighborhood? Uh, had corporate been made aware that something, something like this could potentially happen? Well, that's our, basically our number one suspicion at this time because that's exactly what was happening. Employees, including Michael, were expressing safety concerns at the location. And there was a number of meetings, email correspondence, asking for heightened security, essentially, due to this kind of the, the problems they had had with safety and security in the past. And so it strikes us as interesting that he makes these sorts of complaints, as do other employees, that they're not listened to, that robbers come in, and then when faced with life or death, they choose to fight back, and then they're terminated later. Ultimately, how's your client feeling? When I asked my client about it, Michael said he just wanted to do the best thing just as a human being and as an employee. Because you think about what am I supposed to do just not only as a person, but as an employee. And I think he wanted to do the right thing in both, in both of those categories, and he did. I'm Michael Calhoun. Thank you for tuning in. You can stay up to date with KMOX at the top of every hour.